Hey, thank you for stopping by today. Welcome to my little corner of the bleachers. I've been thinking about the recent trade deadline activity, how the Cardinals fared. I wanted to give it a couple days, do some research. So uh, come on up and have a cold beverage. Grab a seat. Let's mull that all over, shall we? I'm Don Glenn, and this is Talking Sports on the Bleachers. You got to get it done. This is Gateway City Sports. The rumors are true. This is Talking Sports on the Bleachers with Don Glenn. A confident young man. A superb athlete. A look at the sports issues of the day. Grab a seat, pop a cold one, and let's talk some sports. Gee, that sounds kind of interesting. Gentlemen, start your engines. Romo on the shotgun here at the snap. Romo looking, dumps it off right to that. Intercepted! Intercepted the goal line by Woodson! And there is your dagger! Brujol with a widespread stance, arms out over the plate. Bickford from the stretch. The 1 1 pitch. A swing, and there it goes! Thank you guys for coming back and visiting me on my spot on the bleachers. Talking sports on the bleachers is a proud part of Gateway City Sports. And at Gateway City Sports, you're going to find blogs, articles, podcasts on many sports in and around the St. Louis Bi-State area. So check it out. That's gatewaycitysports.com. Well, the trade deadline has come and gone. There were some names moved, and uh, there's a lot of teams that did some moving. Uh, the Dodgers, the Mets, the White Sox, Marlins, Rangers, even the Cardinals moved around to a number of significant players or acquired significant players. I had a lot of discussions with people who thought, you know, start of the season that the Mets were just a shoe-in for the postseason. I mean, they had the, the rotation with Scherzer, Verlander, Quintana, um, and you know the the offense that they brought back in, they they kept Nemo and a few other guys, 
And, you know, they ended up with the highest payroll in baseball. And what did they do? They dumped the majority of that payroll. A lot of people said the Cardinals should have followed suit and they should have spent a lot of money and they should have got this free agent, got that free agent, spent millions and millions and millions. And, you know, so my question, and I understand, Verlander didn't start the season. Quintana has been hurt almost all year. But it just goes to what I say a lot. I get uh, a little bit, uh, I, I shouldn't say a little bit, I get a lot to um, uh, criticize for what I say when I say this. But it's been proven many times over that spending big money for superstars does not make you a playoff contender. You can have all the talent on a roster you want, but if it doesn't gel, if it doesn't click, uh, you know, and as what's happened with the message, injuries played a big role. I've long said that, yes, you do need to spend some money. There's, there's no doubt about that. You have to if you're going to be a successful team. But you don't have to go out and spend and get anybody and everybody that's a big, bright, shiny penny. As I said to somebody the other day, yeah, yes, you need the big silver dollars. You know, those bright, shiny, brand new silver dollars that can just gleam in the sun, sunlight. But you also need a few dirty nickels and dimes for a team to actually be successful. That's just the way I look at it, and I'll get off my soapbox now. So, uh, This year's trade deadline was somewhat lackluster. I mean, you, you stop and think. There was no big names. I mean, you could say Verlander, Scherzer. Yeah, those guys are big names. But there was no big name out there like we, we had in the past with, you know, when Trey Turner, uh, uh, so, uh, Soto, uh, Harper, uh, you know, some guys like that that have been out there a few a few times or a couple times. Machado was another one, I think. The, so, yeah, there was names, some names out, but nothing that people were clamoring that someone had to have. I mean, you didn't have um, seven teams vying for Verlander or for a Scherzer or, uh, you know, anybody else that was out there. You know, it, it was what it was. It was just a normal trade deadline where you're moving people around. And, you know, some teams acquired uh, help for a run and others acquired help for the future. That's just the way it works. I'll go over a few teams, highlight a few teams I think that uh, were significant. The Mets, they up, they unloaded uh, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. Uh, they also got rid of bullpen pieces, uh, Dominic Leone and David Robertson. Uh, they shipped out Tommy Pham. They shipped out Mark Canha. But the thing is, they didn't just unload these free agent contracts. They actually paid. Estimated, I think they paid $120 million to cover all or part of some contracts that the, of guys that they traded. Uh, now, they were able to, by doing that, and so this is the one thing I think where the Mets... A lot of people said they were smart for spending what they did. I think they were smart for unloading the way they did. When you offer salary compensation when you're trading trading somebody, and you saw the St. Louis Cardinals do it a couple of years ago when they acquired, acquired uh, Nolan Arenado. I mean, do you really think the Cardinals 
um, still would have made that deal and would have give, given the, the the Rockies what they gave them if the Rockies weren't willing to come up with uh, you know fifty some million dollars in payroll uh, compensation. I'm not sure it would have worked. But by doing what they did, they were able to get some higher value minor league pieces, if you will. Uh, they acquired uh, some really good prospects in Drew Gilbert, Ryan Clifford, uh, both outfielders in the Houston organization. Gilbert's 22. He's been up and down in the minors uh, since he was drafted in the first round of 2022. Now, I say up and down. I mean, he's kind of bounced between rookie ball, A ball. He was playing at high uh, Asheville before he was traded. Right now, he's He's hot. Uh, 361, 421, 686 at Asheville with six home runs, 18 RBs. That was just in 21 games. 21 games. So, you know, uh, he, they say he shows some very good defensive skill, a very good arm. Uh, and he, right now, after the trade, is the number one player in the Mets system. Uh, Clifford, the other outfielder, is only 19. Now, he's got a little bit of power in his bat. 20 home runs in 91 minor league games. And uh, this season, he's hitting 284, 391, 5'10". Decent strikeout rate, around 25%. And he's listed as a left fielder, but he can play all three outfield positions. Uh, and Clifford is uh, ranked eighth in the Mets system right now. They also landed one of the top short, shortstop prospects from the Rangers, Luis Angel Acuna. Uh, they got him for Scherzer. Texas signed him as an international free agent out of Venezuela in 2018. He's the brother of Ronald Acuna Jr. for the Poos place for the Braves. Now, this year, uh, Luis Angel uh, had his best offensive season, 315, 377, 453. Not a big home run guy. Seven round trippers and 51 RBIs. Uh, but his major asset, they say, is on the base path. He's stolen 149 bases and 181, in 181 attempts in the minors. That's an 82.3% success rate. I'll take that any day of the week. You get a guy on base like that, it's got that kind of ability to, to take the next base from you. It does make a pitcher nervous. I can tell you that right now. Now, the deal sending David Robertson to Miami, uh, and it was curious. He still had time left in his country. Still had another year left. Now, they received uh, a couple of good young prospects. And I say young, I mean young prospects. Uh, they got uh, 19-year-old catcher Ronald Hernandez and 18-year-old infielder Marco Vargas. Uh, these, I think, are more depth, more for depth. But Vargas does rank 7th in the Mets farm system since being traded over. So, you know, and like I said, he's a, an infielder, shortstop, third base, uh, second base. So, you know, the Mets in the next couple of years could have a, a pretty new in, a new middle infield if they, uh, you know, if things work out the way they do. And like I said, they have the stark realization that buying a championship, as I said earlier, doesn't always win or work. You know, I, I think if you're going to, if, if you want to look at if what I think is going to happen with, these, with what they've got, I think next year you will see probably Okuna come up. Uh, very good chance you see Gilbert in the outfield next year. So, you know, I think the Mets did fairly well with that, with their uh, endeavors in the trade deadline. Uh, the White Sox, uh, they also did some wheeling and dealing. They sent uh, starters Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn, a former Cardinal, closer Kendall Graveman, and bullpen arm Joe Kelly, uh, former Cardinal, and another bullpen arm Kenyon Middleton. They got rid of all those guys. 
Now, they sent Lynn and Kelly to the Dodgers in exchange for a couple of pitching prospects in Nick Nestrini and Jordan LaShore, as well as Trace Thompson. Uh, now, Nestrini was a former fourth-round pick by the Dodgers right out of UCLA. He's had a decent rise as a starter with a good fastball, slider-curve combination. He has a good uh, K per nine rate. It's right around 9.2, I think, uh, per per game or per nine. Currently, though, he's fifth in the White Sox organization uh, and right now in AA. Probably should be in AAA next year. The one thing he does that a lot of people like with this kid, he doesn't give up the long ball. Very good sinker pitcher and, uh, you know, a good K per nine rate. So I think, uh, you know, the White Sox could have somebody in the future for that. Uh, LaSure is 25, a little older. Now, Nestrini's 22. LaSure's 25. Now, he has what they call an elite fastball. Very, very good. A lot of movement. Good, good, good velocity. And he pairs it with a really good slider. Uh, mostly, he's been seeing action as a reliever. Uh, back in the games, does have an outstanding strikeout rate. His home run rate, though, about 1.2 per nine innings. As a reliever, not necessarily bad, but you would like to see it under one, you know, in that .9 category, so to speak. He is ranked 13th in the White Sox system at this point. They got good return on Lucas Giolito. They paired him with Ronaldo Lopez, sent him to the Angels for Kai Bush and the catcher Edgar Cuero. Bush is primarily an off-speed pitcher, very good slider, an above-average curve and changeup. Still needs to get a little better command. And he's only 23, so he's got a little bit of time for that. You know, he's uh, about a number 15 prospect in the, in the White Sox system. Cuero, rated by Fangrass, is one of the top prospects moved at the deadline. Only 20. Already shown to be a very good hitter with decent power. Not a real speedy guy, but then again, how many catchers are, really? Doesn't strike out all that much. He's under 20%. Uh, already in triple in double A in just his third season, second full season. His impact probably is, could be felt fairly soon um, if he continues to improve the way he does. Currently ranked third in the White Sox system. Now, he's going to get a little push because right behind him is uh, catcher Corey Lee, who they got in the deal for Kendall Graveman. So, like I said, Lee's ranked fourth in the White Sox. He's a very good defensive catcher. And they say he's just got a rocket launcher of an arm. I mean, it's just the, you know, he doesn't throw the ball. It, he, he launches it. it. It gets there in a hurry. Uh, not much of a hitter, though. He's going to have to develop some bat-swinging skills, if you will. He did show some power, though. He hit 25 bombs for Houston's AAA affiliate. So if he can learn to, you know, maybe get his average up a little bit, uh, he might uh, might see him. Or you could see Quero uh, in a couple years. Or they could flip one or two of them. Um, you know, they've, they've, got, they've got some ability there. Uh, the White Sox, uh, I think they definitely are looking at the future with these moves. How quick that future is going to be, I don't know. So does kind of lead me to believe that they can still make a lot of uh, future moves. Dylan Cease goes on the trading block this offseason, and that still could happen. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, the Dodgers only picked up Lynn and Kelly, but they able to move Syndergaard for a shortstop, Ahmad Rosario. They traded Boston for a couple of prospects in Hariki Hernandez. 
They also got Ryan Yarborough from Kansas City for a couple of prospects. You know, I think the Dodgers are looking at winning, and, you know, well, they are winning now, but keeping themselves in that position. I mean, they still had enough of a game lead. They could have just mailed it in and picked up a couple, you know, soft, uh, safe pieces here and there. You know, but they went uh, they went in. They, they, they got Lynn to shore up that rotation, and he's been phenomenal since he's been with the Dodgers. Uh, Kelly's hurt right now. They they say he should be back soon. So, you know, like I said, I now do I see them trying to hold on to Lynn or Kelly uh, after this? I am not sure. I don't think so. You know, because I think they're going to be going in on Otani. Uh, I think that's just the way they're looking at. It. I think it's the way it's going to go. Uh, and you might see a couple of their free agents uh, not be retained in in pursuit of Otani. So. I'll take a look at the Marlins, Rangers, Angels here in a minute. But first, I want to tell you about the stress-free car buying. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Trust me. Uh, when you go to Fifth Street Motors, Fifth Street Motors is located 2044 Rose Lane in Pacific, Missouri. They want to make your car buying experience less stressful. They'll help you find the vehicle you need no matter what brand. Because at Fifth Street Motors, they will give you the absolute best price on a pre-owned vehicle that will fit your budget. So check out what stress-free car buying can be. Give Brandon or Don a call today at 573-259-1306. Again, that's 573-259-1306. And tell them Don Glenn from Talking Sports on the Bleacher sent you. All right, so a few other teams I want to talk about here uh, before we get to the Redbirds. The Marlins made some very curious moves, and while they did get Robinson from, Robertson, excuse me, from the Mets, you know they sent out some players that uh, some of these moves you just didn't know about because they sent Dan uh, Dylan Florio for Jorge Lopez uh, of the Twins, and you know I've looked at that and looked at that, and the best thing I can say is that's just an even swap. Um, that's just a change of scenery trade there. Uh, they picked up Josh Bell from Cleveland, dumping off uh, Juan Segura and Khalil Watson. They uh, tabbed Ryan Weathers from San Diego for Garrett Cooper and Sean Reynolds. I mean, they traded some talent away. Um, they did get Jake Berger and for uh, prospect Jake Eater. Um, I think that was because, of course, they traded their third baseman away, so they needed one. They did get help in the back end of the bullpen. Uh, they did get a little younger on the infield with with, uh, with Bell at first base and, and uh, Berger at third. I don't know. I, they still got pieces they can deal. Uh, I would not, you know, I, I think they're probably going to use some of their prospects in this fall, maybe to help that uh, offense a little bit. What they're going to do with, that, with the pitching staff, I don't know. I mean, you know, Alcantara did have a bad year, but uh, they had a couple guys that stepped up and had good years. Uh and now you've got uh, a couple good pieces in the bullpen, uh, so they've got they've got something they can work with. The Rangers, like the Dodgers, uh, they went all in. Uh, they weren't satisfied with uh, the pitching staff they had. And if you look at it, and I, you seriously look at this pitching staff, they had, when they started the season, they started the season with Ivaldi, uh, jo- John Gray, Dane Dunning, uh, Martin Perez, and uh, uh, Haney. Um, all of them right now are, I think they're all, if they haven't won 10 games, they're like 10 or 9, they've won at least 10, or at least 9. Uh, um, they've got some cracks showing, though. I mean, if you look at what, the, break them down, 
Uh, Martin Perez has been struggling with his ERA is almost five, and his ERA plus is only 88. So that's that doesn't bode well right there. Uh, his FIP is well over five. His strikeouts are down, but yet he's eight and four. And you know you're, you're winning with him. With him pitching that bad, you're still able to win ball games. Uh, Dunning is nine and four with a three to one ERA and an ERA plus of 124, but a FIP of over four. Uh, John Gray's in the same boat. He's eight and five with a three six five ERA, a 1.19 ERA plus, a good strikeout to walk ratio, but a FIP of over four. Um, now adding shirt, they picked up, uh, Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery, um, and uh, Chris Stratton, uh, among a couple others, um, by picking up Montgomery and, and Scherzer, they've now put two people in their bullpen or their rotation along with Evaldi when he gets back from, uh, the IL that, you know, you go Evaldi, Scherzer, um, uh, Montgomery, and then you've got four different guys that you can throw in on that four start in a, in a seven game series. You know, um, not a bad position to be in. And not to mention, about a month before the trade deadline, they picked up a role as Chapman. So the bullpen is is now pretty well set. You know, just what they're going to do for next year, who knows? I mean, DeGrom will be back or should be back next year. Uh, But like I said, they're, they're, you know, Montgomery's a free agent. Perez is a free agent. So we'll see what they do for next year. But I think this is is what they're doing this year. They know they've got some some guys that that they can count on. And uh, they made the move to, to try and win it all. The Angels. It was a long thought that they were going to have put Otani on the trading block. There was even talk of Trout being on the trading block uh, at the deadline. Uh, neither one was. And the Angels didn't sell off anything. If anything, the Angels went into a buy mode, picking up bats Randall Grichik, yet another former Cardinal, and C.J. Crone uh, out of Colorado. Uh, they added Dominic Leone to their bullpen. Now, back in June, they also laid some groundwork, picking up Mike Moustakas and getting Eduardo Escobar, you know, all these guys for prospects. So, with the addition of the bats, and you think these guys are right in the thick of things, but they're not. They're 12 games out of the division, seven games out of the third wild card spot. Um... They had seven players set for free agency at the end of the year, and they've added now six more. So they've got 13 guys um, who will be free agents at the end of the year on that roster. I mean, half their roster is going to be free agents. So you pretty much, they better hope they make the, they make the playoffs with this move because um, I do not see a bright future for Anaheim uh, down the road here on this. All right, so who won at the trade deadline? Well, let's see. Uh, The uh, Rangers definitely increased their chances at a deep postseason run, as I said before. So did the Dodgers. Uh, The Angels, I guess you can consider them winners by adding what they did without having to get rid of Otani. But then you put them on the other side of the block that they've got 13 free agents to deal with at the end of the year. So... You know, I don't know if you can classify them as winners. The White Sox, I don't know if you're talking, if you can talk to them as as winners this year, 
or even next year, I'd say no. But if you're looking at 25 and down the road, then yeah, this trade deadline is definitely a win for them in that respect. The Mets, I think, also are winners uh, with what they picked up in, in Acuna, especially Acuna and Gilbert, I think are going to play big dividends for them. Now, some of the losers at the deadline, uh, as I said, you could probably put the Angels in the loser category as well as the winner category. I think they could fit in either one. But the Orioles, um, they gave up some pretty fair talent in Bizarro, Rom, Piertos, Showalter, and they received Jack Flaherty and Logan Reinhardt. You know, now Flaherty, he can, and Cardinal fans know this, he's got the talent to be a front-end starter. He's got the talent to be a number two, even a number one. Uh, Maybe not necessarily an ace, but he's still got that talent. He can still pitch very well. Um, His problem has been injury and inconsistency. And the Orioles gave up, you know, they gave up a three-for-one on for uh, Flaherty. And I'm not sure they're going to get the value out of that, if you want to be honest with you. Um, Logan Reinhardt, I just don't understand that one. Uh, they've got a three-game lead, yeah, but why not trade? You know, they didn't do. They did the opposite of what the Dodgers and Rangers did. You know, Orioles have a three-game lead, but they didn't go in for that that uh, killer strike or the or the, or the kill shot. Um, so, I think losers by the fact that they just missed a golden opportunity. The Yankees. They went in needing solid pitching upgrades and didn't get it. They picked up Kenyon Middleton uh, from the White Sox uh, for uh, Juan Carla. They got Spencer Howard for cash consideration. So while they didn't give away a ton of talent, they didn't really do themselves any favors. Didn't really help themselves. Um, you know, it's it's almost like they could have done just nothing and probably come up with the same thing. Uh, the Royals were very active, but they got no meaning, meaningful trades unless it was trading a guy that was designated for assignment by the Braves and Taylor Hearn. They gave up Nicky Lopez for him, um, you know, when they could have just waited and claimed him, you know, that way. I mean, it, it just, I don't understand that move. Now, I said they dumped a, a role as Chapman one month prior to the deadline. Uh, for a couple guys in David Mann and Devin Figueroa, who the jury is still fairly well out on. Um, so, yeah, you just got, you just don't know. I mean, what they were thinking, I mean, Kansas City, they weren't going anywhere anyway. But why make it worse? I, I, I'm not sure I understand that, that logic and that thinking. Uh, you know, same like I say with the Orioles. You're ahead. You've got a three-game lead. You've got some opportunity to pick up players that are going to help you down the road, get you maybe a couple extra playoff wins, if, if maybe, and you basically punted. Yeah, I don't understand that. So We'll take a look at St. Louis here in a minute after I tell you about hydration multiplication. What's that, you ask? Well, let me tell you, it's the newest way to hydrate, and it's called Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a revolutionary new way to hydrate two times faster than water alone and carries three times the electrolytes of normal sports drinks. It uses a process called cellular transport technology to help your body absorb the nutrients and electrolytes faster. Liquid IV also has the benefit of five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, vitamin C. Liquid IV is conveniently packaged, so you can take it anywhere, the gym, the beach, the office. It also comes in 
different formulations depending on your activity. It gives you electrolyte replacement, energy hydration. They have an immune system boosting formula, a probiotic kombucha blend, even a formula for better sleep. It comes in 12 refreshing and delicious flavors like Tangerine Immune Boost, which I use, the Golden Cherry Electrolyte Replacement Formula. I also use that. It's been very good. Both of them have been very light, very refreshing. Uh, it's soy, gluten, dairy-free, doesn't contain any GMOs, and it comes now in three sugar-free flavors, white peach, green grape, and lemon lime. Now, the one key thing I like about Liquid IV is their commitment to give back by developing more sustainable business practices from fostering programs about clean and abundant water and resourcing raw material ingredients that reduce carbon emissions. So go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code GCS at checkout for 20% off anything you buy. That's promo code GCS at checkout for 20% off. You can also, if you're ready to shop hydration, use my special link, Zen, that's Z-E-N dot A-I slash Talking Sports on the Bleachers. And you can save 20% off anything you buy. Check out what hydration multiplication can do for you. Try Liquid IV. Okay, so how did the Cardinals fare at the deadline? Well, true to what John Mazalock said, and he made these, this point a couple different times, that the Cardinals were going to be se uh, sellers at the deadline. And they did. I mean, they sold. Uh, they sold off a good, a good chunk. Um, mostly the guys looking at free agency. You know, not usually the position you see the Cardinals in. Normally, it's you know they're in contention, and, and they don't have reason to be sellers. Well, this year they was not the case. So six Cardinal players, if you count Genesis Cabrera, had got travel tickets punched to different locations. Now, none of the moves. If you stop and think about it, we're shocking. I mean, I don't think anybody thought that these guys didn't have a chance to be moved. I, and I'm serious. I mean, when you look at it and who they traded, I mean, they got they traded Flaherty, Hicks, Stratton, Montgomery, DeYoung. Uh, in any of these, I don't think anybody was looking at you know, that these guys weren't going to be traded. Now, a few people didn't want them to be traded. I mean, and I do kind of question myself uh, not trying to extend Montgomery. Uh, he was obviously the better of the two pitchers between him and Flaherty. So why you wouldn't extend him, I don't know. Uh, but um, that's what they did. So let's see what they got. I mean, when you look at it, you, you knew they weren't, the Cardinals weren't going after free agent big name types like Giolito. You know, the only real question they were going to get was how much value are they going were they going to obtain by trading this? So the question is, did they? Well let's take a look at them. First I'm going to start with Jack Flaherty to Baltimore for Caesar Pierto, uh Drew Rom, a left handed pitcher, and Jack Showalter, right handed pitcher. Uh, Pierto is a shortstop. Or Prieto, I should say, excuse me. Now, I think this is probably the best deal of the ones that they made. It does appear the Cardinals were sought, received some really good value for, for Flaherty himself. I mean, Prieto has been touted when he came out of Cuba. He's good bat-to-ball bat skills. Took him a struggle when he first got here, but he's picked it up. He had a pretty heavy, heavy bat when he came in. 
Uh, his first 97 at bats, he had seven home runs at High Aberdeen. When he went to Double A, um, his home runs dropped a bunch, but you know his average and everything went up 75 points from the year before. Uh, yeah, he still can go deep. He's just not a power hitter. He can play third, second, solid with very solid defense. Uh, has, has the athleticism to play shortstop. And he's drawn comparison to Brendan Donovan, you know, and and, a, and I guess Tommy Edmund is, to a certain extent as well, uh, being able to play different positions, uh, hitting uh, for average, which is more like what Donovan does. So is he somebody that they're going to be using to come up, or is he uh, is he just going to be there in case? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, like I said, he's 24, so I'm not sure you're going to keep him down too much longer. Um, but then again, you've already got Donovan, you've already got Edmund, you've already got Wynn, who's up now, you've already got uh, Gorman. So the middle infield, you know, I mean, unless you're going to look at him as a third base down the road replacement for Arenado, I don't know. Just somewhat of a curious move, but you know, hey, it's, it's a good prospect. Now, Rom's 23. He's since being traded, he's the number 26 prospect in the Cardinal system. Now, his numbers have kind of gone up in terms of walk rate, ERA, whip. Um, his ground ball rate's kind of gone down. But the one thing he's got is a very good strikeout ratio. Uh, he is a swing and miss type pitcher. That's what they are, were wanting. Um, low, and he's not a big velocity guy, not a high velocity guy. Uh, low 90s fastball. Uh, an 80 mile an hour slurve, a uh, split change. He's still young, like I said, 23, so he's got a little bit more time to develop. And I still see him as maybe two years away from being any kind of uh, any any type of readiness to jump into the Cardinals rotation. Uh, but you know, it's one of those things. How he develops the next couple of years, he could be a middle of the rotation type. And if he could get his velo up, say into that night on his fastball, say it around 94, 95, um, you know, then we're looking at a possible, you know, front of the rotation guy if he can maintain the swing and miss strikeout factor. Uh, now, one guy that was considered to throw him was uh, Showalter. Now, Zach is 19, uh, 11th round draft choice last year by Baltimore. Uh, been playing rookie ball. He's had eight starts this year, 27 and a third innings, with a 1.9 ERA, a 1.22 or 2.44 WHIP. Uh, but here he is, another one. like Rom. He is a strikeout pitcher, 12.5 strikeouts per nine innings. I'm gonna say that again: 12.5 strikeouts per nine innings. To further emphasize this. He's faced 116 batters, striking out 38. He is basically, he has struck out 33% of the batters he's faced this year. And he's only 19. So, you know, this this is why I say this is probably the best trade of the bunch. Because, yeah, we've got some good kids in the system. Grisifo, McGreevy, Thomas, Hence. But I don't think we've anybody got it anybody really like this kid uh he's like i said he's still though an unproven he's still rookie ball so the wheels can come off at any time 
you know, that's why they call them prospects, okay? But I think right now, just if everything goes the way that they're saying, and these guys develop the way that they're developing, Rom can find a way to uh, get back his ground ball rate, still keep his strikeouts up to help drive down his ERA, then I think you're looking at this trade is probably a, a, a solid, well, this trade's a solid B-plus as it is. Then I think you're looking, this trade could maybe be an A-minus if you're going to grade it out. I, I think they really got some good value for Flaherty on this one. Uh, the next best deal, I think, is Hicks. We sent Jordan Hicks to Toronto for minor league pitchers Adam Kloffenstein and Sam Roberts. Robers. Uh, both of them are right-handers. Now, Kloffenstein is a 22. He's another guy. Fits that swing and miss uh, high strikeout. Uh, 9.73 strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, even though he's only got average velocity. Uh, but he also also has a 50% ground ball rate. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. Not only is he the typical Cardinal pitcher, which is a ground ball um, pitcher, low ball pitcher, you're looking at a guy that also can strike people out. So... Big plus. He does have a little bit of control issue. Um, and if he can get that part of his game in line, he's projected as a back of the rotation starter. Uh, maybe uh, if he can get his velo up, maybe we can see him in, this, in that middle of the rotation. You know, who's to say? Uh, Reverse, uh, I hope I pronounced his right, that name right. He's 21. He's got a low 90s fastball and an average slider. A decent K uh, strikeout per nine rate at 8.7. So it's not quite uh, what some of these other guys are, but he's all right. His lower velocity, though, has made him susceptible to home runs. He's given him 14 home runs in 18 games at AAA, or AA New Hampshire. He's another back end the rotation type. Now, in, in MLB, they've got him listed as the number six prospect in the Cardinal system, putting him ahead of McGreevy. You know, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I'd like to see maybe that home run rate come down a bunch uh, before I put him that high in the system. Uh, but I still think is a solid prospect, solid arm. Uh, he just needs to learn location, and I think he'll be fine. Um, so I'm. I almost said this grade was an incomplete because of the way it, with with the way this works out with Robers and and how his progression has gone. Um, but I think uh, I'm going to call it a C plus. And if those two guys can get their velos up, uh, I think both of them have that swing and miss factor. If Roberts can get that up a little bit, uh, then I think you might see that as a B minus as far as how that trade works out. Uh, I think Kloppenstein is probably the more ready of the two to make the jump to the, to, uh, uh, the big leagues. Uh, whether he will or not next year, that's another story. Whether he's even still going to be at the Cardinals, it'll be another, it will be another story. So we'll see. Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton to Texas for John King prospects Thomas Sagas and right-handed pitcher Tacoa Ro- Roby. Uh, King is just your average. He's 28 years old with an average bullpen arm, high ERA and WHIP, uh, susceptible to the home runs. We've already seen that uh, this since he's been with St. Louis. Uh, not a big swing and miss guy. I mean, he was—he's just fi- filling a roster spot until the season ends. I mean, that's—I think that's all you're—he's there for. Do not see him hanging around next year. Sagasi, twenty-one, right-handed hitting infielder, described as a potentially good hitter if he can get better at plate discipline. 
if they also say if he can gain some strength, he could probably uh, get you 20 home runs a year. So that's not a bad idea. Uh, defensively, he plays third, short, and second, with the latter being his best defensive position. You know, so again, he's another Brendan Donovan, Tommy Edmond type, but with a little bit more pop. And uh, I don't know if he, with what we, again, with what we've got in the middle infield, I see, again, this is more just either an organizational depth move or they're going to try and flip him for something in the offseason. Roby is 21. He's very highly touted since uh, coming to the Cardinals. He's ranked as their number four prospect by MLB Pipeline. His ERA is deceptive. It's 4.47, but he's got a whip of 1.225 and a very good K for nine rate of 11. Uh, and again, he's only 21 years old, already in double-A. Uh, he has a four-pitch arsenal. And again, I'm going to reemphasize, 21 years old, and he's already got a four-pitch arsenal. Fastball, he can reach 96, so very good velocity on his fastball. A high-spin curve with a down break uh, and a lateral moving change that goes opposite of his slider. Uh, and that's running about the low 80 velo. Um he does have control issues in that when he misses with his pitches, he's missing to the middle of the plate, which is allowing a lot of guys to just barrel up and, and unload on him. He's one that probably be in AAA next year. I don't see him as having an impact if Mazalock is true to what he said, that they're going to pick up starting pitchers in the offseason. Um, you know, look for him as... Or an injury injury replacement type, and see if he can uh, make it work. You know, so for what we got, uh, or what we gave away, and what we got, I don't know. I still think we could have got more. I realize you're dealing with free agents, potential free agents, so your value on is a little limited. But uh, I'm going to give this a C minus. It has a potential to be a C plus if Roby can. can uh, progress to the level that they're putting him at um if he can get that control issue figured out then i think you're looking at a c plus but i don't think king's going to stick around and i don't see sagasi sticking around and you know we gave up two players for one basically one minor leaguer and i i that's why i'm giving it such a low grade uh paul DeYoung goes to toronto for matt svonson this move is for roster space that's all it is to it I know we, I knew we weren't going to get much out of DeYoung, but I was hoping we get a little something a little bit more useful. Uh, Svonson is 24-year-old right-hander. Uh, he's been up and down in the minors. He's been a starter, but lately he's been coming out of the pen. Um, not a top 30 prospect. As a matter of fact, of the 55 prospects moved at the deadline, he was ranked 54th. Um you know, now a lot of people have to get rid of Paul DeYoung. You know, I've heard so many people say, ah, oh, trade him for a bag of used baseballs. Well, you know, he was a lot more, worth a lot more than that. And I think he was worth a lot more than what we got. Uh, so this is a definite C-. I don't see this getting any better at all. Uh, now, for an overall grade, how the Cardinals did, if you want to throw the, and I'm, I'm not going to put the Cabrera thing in there, because that basically was another one. It was just a, I think it was just a change of scenery trade. I'm going to give this a solid B. Uh, could get up to a B minus, um, depending on how some pitchers. Even a B plus if you get a couple of these guys like uh, Klafenstein and Rom and uh, 
uh, Roby, you know, kind of get their their act together quickly uh, and make an impact, then yeah, you could see this is uh, uh, a solid, uh, like I said, a solid B minus, B plus. Uh, but uh, you know, time will tell. All right, I'm gonna give you my final final thoughts here at a moment, but I first want to talk about staying protected in life. We all know how important that is. It's important you stay protected. It's important you protect the things in life, like your car, your home, uh, because life can throw you that curveball. And like a good hitter, you need to be ready. That's why you need Allstate. The Sean Wiley Group has two locations in Festus and Arnold to serve you. They offer home, life, auto, boat, motorcycle, investments, and much more. They'll set you up with a customized plan to make sure you and all of your assets are protected. They top that off with great rates and savings. So give Sean and his team a call today at 636-764-6294 and talk over your coverage options. That's 636-764-6294. They can help you with an insurance insurance quote right over the phone. That's just how they do business. Even give them a call if you just want to talk sports because I've heard to do that too. Uh, with work and kids and just everyday life, we get busy. So you can email Sean, Sean Wiley, at Allstate.com. Ask him about your coverage options. That's S-E-A-N-W-I-L-E-Y at Allstate.com. And remember, you're in good hands with Allstate. All right, as I said, the trade deadline lacked some real ump. The teams like the Rangers, Dodgers, Astros made moves to this stay where they were at and improve themselves, give themselves a little bit more option in the uh in the off or in the uh, postseason. Other teams like the Cardinals, White Sox, Mets chose to regroup. You know, when it comes to the Cardinals after their 21 and 22 seasons, fans thought, you know, we all thought, we knew the drill. We knew the drill. You're going to pick up a couple of guys because you're close and you'll make the run in the second half and you'll make the playoffs. Well, you know, we weren't in that position at the trade deadline, so we got to see something we haven't seen in a while. The Cardinals getting rid of pieces. Now, of the players they picked up, there's no one that really stands out as meeting the team's needs for 24. So, in the respect of where Mosellock said, we're looking not only to improve this team as it sits, but improve it for next year in the, you know, next year 24. Well, I don't see any of these kids doing that. Now, that does not mean they couldn't trade one of them or a couple of them and get what they need for 24. So, you know, the jury is actually in one way or another still out on that. You know, the Cardinals are going to need a... They're going to need a number one starter. Uh, not necessarily have to be an ace, but somebody that you're going to be able to put in that... In that uh, that uh, one slot as a starter that's going to go out there every five days, he's going to give you six, seven innings, and you're going to have a shot at winning a ball game when he walks out of it. Uh, that's not necessarily an ace type. That's just somebody that's a number one pitcher for your particular team. Uh, so now where does he go from here to get that kind of stuff? Well, he indicated that either by trade or free agency, they were going to come up and shop. They were going to be shopping for three starters. If you ask me, do I believe that? No. I do not believe he's going to come up with three starters in free agency or by trade. I, or at least, 
what we as fans are going to think of as three starters. Um, because you've got going into next season, Michaelis and Mats, you've got Libertor, who he's had a couple good outings, but then he's had a couple of stinkers. I don't know what you're going to get out of Libertor. So I, I get where Mosellock's coming from, that we, they, they need to go out and get three starters, three pitchers. You know, uh, but I also think you're they're going that Libertor's going to get his shot. That Hudson's going to get his shot. You know whether that puts Mats in the bullpen. Uh, I don't know. I I I I really don't know because I can't see the I can't see the Cardinals going coming up and getting three starters for next year. Because if you look at the top top end type starters, you're going to be looking for that number one guy. You're looking at a at a market value in the, in that. 20 to 25 million dollar range you know then if you're looking for a a number two or middle of the middle of the rotation guy you're talking another 15 million so to say free agency yeah maybe they go after that 25 million dollar guy uh and then settle for a 15 and hope like heck they can pick a couple guys up and trade i mean i don't know it, it who do you go get Julio Arias of the Dodgers, he's going to be available. Aaron Nola, I don't think they'd even be opposed to trying to win Jordan Montgomery back. Of that group, I like Aaron Nola as a target for the Cardinals. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think he would be he would do very well. I think Urias would do uh, some lower cost options could include Lucas Ceravino or Luis Ceravino. Uh, the Yankees could be looking at uh, the Giolito. Blake Snell, guys like that. Then you also, if you want to look at the back end of the uh, rotation, you've got guys like Odorizzi, uh, Martin Perez, uh, Kyle Gibson, James Paxson, or Paxton. Uh, you know, trade-wise, we were all hoping they'd make that midseason trade for Dylan Cease. Of course, the White Sox didn't put him up for put, didn't put him up for trade, or at least not seriously. Um, Cease was the guy I wanted last year. I wanted to see them pick him up last year, but they decided they didn't do that. They didn't want to do that, you know. And, but it's not sure where the White Sox are going, so Cease may not be available. Logan Gilbert from Seattle is another one uh, that I think would be a good a good get if they could do it, or George Kirby. Although I think you play, you're better off getting uh, Gilbert than Kirby, but. Um, you know, if I'll take I'll take either one at this point. Zach Wheeler's another one I think they could trade for, uh, but you know he's a free agent, twenty five. So with the right pie, you know, combination of prospects and maybe a bullpen piece like Gallegos, you could start some talks on that. You could get something moving, because like I said, he's a free agent after twenty five. So whoever picks him up next year's only got him for two years. So you know, there's not going to be a high price for him. Uh, better price or a higher price than you'd pay for a rental, but you know, not a completely high price. Uh, as far as who we got the trade, well, you know, clearly we've got a gluttony outfield with O'Neill and Carlson, uh, Newt Barr, Burleson, Walker, and then you can add guys like Yepes, uh, Moises Gomez, and even there's the, that fast rising the kid that he's been rising up pretty fast, uh, center fielder uh, Victor Scott. Um, you know, I think the two most the two guys that are safe in this respect are probably Newt Barr and Walker. Uh, but you know, then again, they get the right deal for Newt Barr, and he might be gone. So, 
but they're going to have to deal from the outfield. Infield-wise, I would not rule out, uh, well, excuse me, catching-wise, I'd not rule out getting rid of either Herrera or Kisner. Edmund or Donovan, I think, either one could be on the block. We'll see how Wynn uh, does here since he's been called up. If, if it looks like he could be their shortstop of the future, um, then you could see an Edmund or a Donovan being moved. Uh, unless they move two or three outfielders, and then you could shift Donovan to the outfield, Edmund to the outfield, uh, and they could still be their utility selves, if you will. Some prospects I see that on the block besides Herrera, uh, Yepes, Baker, Gomez. Uh, in addition, I think the new guy, Prito, uh, you know, he could be a, a trade piece. I think uh, if you're looking at the infield for next year, I think you're seeing see uh, uh, Arenado, Gorman, Mason Wynn, and Goldschmidt. I don't think any one of those guys are going to be traded. Now, like I said, when you look at the rotation, you look at pitching, you look at the bullpen, I think what they really need, I would go after at least two starters and one bullpen piece for sure. Uh, if you can get three, get three. But I would take two starters and a bullpen piece and then you could, because that, that number five slot, you could use Hudson, Thompson, Libertor. You know, the, there's no reason to, to get rid of everybody uh, off the roster except for two guys with contracts. Um, so you could do it that way. And that's, how, that's the way I think it's going to go. I think you're not going to see three starters coming in. I think you're going to see two starters, and then it's either going to be Libertor, Hudson, Thompson, or Woodford uh, as your number five guy. I've talked enough tonight, so I'm going to get out of here now. I want to remind you, check out GatewayCitySports.com. Uh, check out the writers and contributors like Russ Robinson, Brian Swope, Gene Bonds. Check out the other podcast, The Team of Rivals, with Ron Nuttall, Pete Geddes, and Elliot Dewey. It's a place where Cubs and Cardinal fans come to talk. Uh, two for three with the Moose, Mike Stevenson. And coming soon, the Derek King Sports Show with Derek King. I want to remind everybody, if there's a sport you follow and we don't cover it, let us know about it. We'll see what we can do. As for this show, tell your friends. We can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just about any place you can get your podcast. Hit the follow and like button on your favorite platform and leave comments because I do want to hear from you. You can reach the show at on Twitter or X, I guess. It's X now? Okay. You can reach the show on X uh, at T-S-O-T-B-G-C-S, or you can email the show at T-S-O-T-B dot G-C-S at gmail.com. That's T-S-O-T-B dot G-C-S at gmail.com. So as always, stay safe, have fun, and we're going to see you again when we are talking sports on the bleachers. Good night, everybody.